I know you watching this service means that you no doubt received the message this afternoon about the suspension of our uh, gathering uh, corporately uh, in person and uh, watching online. And so we're going to do that again for the next two weeks just just for just to be cautious and um, I know listen I know some may not agree and don't agree and then and that's fine um, but thank you for respecting it thank you for uh, not being uh, harsh and critical um, about it I, I simply ask you to keep praying and to let the Lord work and to pray for others and pray that, that God would be glorified in these days. And uh, uh, you say, preacher, um, there's, are you going to address the elephant in the room? Well, the elephant in the room is the election and the result. And um, that that is unknown right now and being contested, and I'm sure it will still be contested probably days from now. And so what's my take on it? Well, let me just say this to you. If you voted, and you voted your conscience, and you voted biblical principles, and you prayed, you've done everything that you can do. And the Lord is sovereign. He is in charge. And we have to trust Him. We trust Him. Daniel 4.17, the, the Most High rules in the affairs of men. And he sets people up. He brings people down. He puts people in position. And he's the sovereign king. And while I, I may not like how things, I, in fact I don't, don't like how things are looking right now. You know what? Won't be the first time. And I'm sure it won't be the last. And God's just. God is good. And I trust Him. I may not trust the system. I may not trust myself, and I don't. I may not trust you. I may not trust anybody else. But I've learned, and you've learned, you can trust the Lord. That means that in spite of the circumstances, we praise Him. In spite of the fear for the future, we give Him those fears. And we know that God's working. You say, well, can you explain that? No, I can't explain that. But I know He's working. I trust His Word. I trust Him. I, I'm, I, I hope we're learning and being reminded that this nation is not our Savior. A party is not our Savior. A politician cannot be our Savior. Can't be our King. We have one King. No King but Jesus. That's it. And I, I, I say this, we better buckle up. We better get ready. We better make sure that our heart's right. We better make sure that we as Christians are thoroughly prepared to take a stand for Jesus, for truth, for what's right. And we, listen, we have been in the minority. We're going to keep being in the minority. Jesus said we're going to be in the minority. There is no moral majority. There is no uh, large crowd, majority crowd in America anymore of evangelicals and Bible believers. 
Somebody has sold us a bill of goods if we think that. The one standing for rights always been in the minority. There's always been a remnant. But the remnant doesn't mean that it's the most, most popular. And that it's the most populated. No. The remnant for those who stand for truth and stand for what's right, and sometimes that means just standing for common sense and for life, for the Word. That's, that's never been popular. It's always been tough. And it's just going to keep getting tougher and less popular the longer we go in this society, in this culture. That's why Jesus said, you are strangers, you're pilgrims. We're not at home. We're not to be at home in this world. We're not to be at home in this culture. We're traveling through. We're, we're, we're vagabonds. We're traveling. This, this, this world, this nation even, is not our permanent home. Now while we're here, we're to make a difference and stand for the Lord and stand for right. But we need to realize, y'all, we're citizens of a different country. And while we were engaged and are engaged, and we'll keep being engaged in the political process, I hope you realize that for the church, for the house of God, uh, there, there, there is going to come a point in time when, as Simon said in his epistle, that we're learning that judgment must first begin at the house of God. And before Christ returns and raptures the church out, the situation is going to get more difficult. And we need not think that our generation is going to be exempt from persecution and from hardship. Uh, we, we, we must anticipate hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Endure hardship. Prepare for it. Get ready for it. It's going to happen. It's going to be right here upon us. And so the Lord wants you and I to be prepared for that. And so my message tonight is, is a continuation of what we've been talking about on Wednesday nights in the growth group in the auditorium. But I just wanted to say a word. I just wanted to come to you tonight and just say that, you know, I know you probably feel like I do. Man, I, I, I've been tempted all day to be despondent. I have. I'm not going to lie. To be frustrated, skeptical. It's easy to get that way if you keep your eyes on what's going on around us. Lift up your eyes, gang. Let's lift our eyes up. And I want you right now, I want you to pause. I want you to pause. I want you to think with me. I want you to right wherever you are, take a moment and think about a biblically-based truth that gives you reason to have tr triumphant joy. What is it that you're basing your joy in? Is it results of a campaign, of an election process? I hope not. Because if not today or tomorrow or this cycle, at least sometime down the road, that's going to disappoint you. 
and leave us woefully discouraged. You can't put your trust and faith in that. So seriously, think right now. Give me, give me a Bible-based principle, a book, chapter, and verse that you can point to in the Scripture that you know that you're hanging on to that is a, an anchor for your soul that gives you joy and perspective in the midst of a difficult situation. Even this whole situation with the pandemic and having to shut down again for a couple of weeks. Man, I don't like that one iota. It's best for right now. I wish it wasn't. wish we could do something different. But that's where we are. Well, how can I have joy and peace? How can I go home in a little bit and lay my head down tonight and be at peace with that? Well, it's because I know that I'm anchored in the Lord. It's because Jesus is the solid rock. It's because it, my, my confidence is not even in myself. My confidence is in Him. And I'm held in the palm of His hand, and so are you as His child. He says, my sheep hear my voice. I am known of them. He knows us. He calls us by name. He's the good shepherd. He is our shepherd. And What David wrote in Psalm 23 is very foundational. We say it's, it's, it's basic, but man, it's so profound. The Lord is my shepherd. I am not going to lack anything. Because He's my shepherd, I don't lack anything. I don't want anything. I don't need anything. There's nothing I need. I have Him. When you have Him, you have everything you need. He promises to meet our greatest need. And so, church family, child of God, lift up your eyes. Look to the heavens. Look to God. Look to your source of strength. He is. Anything else will fail us. Anything else is a huge disappointment. Keep faith in the Lord. He's given us the power of, of the spirit of power and love and a sound mind. So be encouraged tonight. You say, man, can you make heads or tails? No, I can't. No, I sure wish I could, but I can't. Preacher, when, when, when's all this chaos and craziness going to go away? I, I don't know. It may not until we gather around His throne together. I don't know. Preacher, when's our church going to get back to normal? I don't know. We had the lowest, we had the lowest attendance this past Sunday that we've had since we started gathering back for services. I'm telling you, man, I went home as discouraged. <laughs> I mean, low, low, I'm talking about. I, I was ready to be like, man, good night, fooey on that mess. You know about discouragement? I understand. I know what that is. But friend, hey, <laughs> remember, we battle the world, the flesh, and the devil. Old Dr. Adrian Rogers, who's since gone home to heaven, he said, listen, remember, he said the old ship of Zion is, a, is not a cruise ship, it's a battleship. It's a warship. We're in this, it's a fight. Lester Roloff said it's a battlefield, it's not a recreation room. We're not here for recess. We're here to fight, it's a war. Why are we surprised when things go wrong? Why are we surprised when things 
are unpleasant. Why are we shocked? This isn't heaven yet. We ain't home yet, y'all. Things are going to be difficult. And they're going to keep getting difficult. Some of you say, man, preacher, every time I turn around, every day it's something new. I know. Isn't that crazy? Welcome to the world. Welcome to reality. <laughs> Welcome to 2020, right? Boy, you know what? When the page turns on December 31st and January 1st, 2021 opens up, do you think it's going to be any different? Do you think that magically January 1st, 2021 is just going to be poof, just perfect? A utopia? No. You don't believe that. Not on either. We need to prepare. We need to, as Scripture says, gird up the loins of your mind and prepare to fight. Not fight one another. Because we don't wrestle with flesh and blood. We wrestle against principalities and powers, against rulers of darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places. We wrestle against a common enemy. So tonight, I'm going to give you some prayer requests. And we're going to pray. I'll suspend my message that I had planned for later on. Don't go to bed tonight discouraged, dear Christian. Don't you lay your head down tonight in anxiety and fear. You say, preacher, aren't you? Aren't you concerned? Yeah, I'm concerned, man. If you only knew my heart, yeah, I'm concerned. But he here's what I know. We prayed. We did our due diligence. We tried to warn people. We tried to encourage people to vote right and do right. And you know what? At the end of the day, I trust the Lord. I did everything He told me to do. You did everything He told you to do. We've done our duty, our civic duty. And I'm trusting the Lord. And I'm embracing joy. I'm going to rely on the Holy Spirit of God to be my source and be my encouragement and be my comfort. And so tomorrow morning, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get up and I'm going to rejoice and praise Jesus. I'm going to walk with God. I'm going to pray. I'm going to get in the Word. I'm going to love people. I'm going to love my wife. I'm going to lead and shepherd and love my boys. I'm going to love our church and our church people. I'm going to attempt to let the Spirit of God fill me and be a Spirit-filled person. I'm going to exercise love, exhibit truth and joy and meekness and temperance and long-suffering and patience and goodness and gentleness and faith. That's what God's called us to do. So we're going to do that. And so I want you to join with me in prayer. Certainly pray for our church. Friend, listen. If this is your church, if this is your church, if faith church, if this is your church family, your local assembly, and this body of believers is your faith family, please pray. Please be an intercessor. Please be a prayer warrior. I mean, what else has to happen? Man, when you look back over the last 12 months and you see all the different ways that Satan has attacked. Man, 
When, when are we as a church family going to wake up? When are we going to get serious about engaging in the battle for the souls of men and women? So many things. And I know the Lord sovereignly allows all this. So dear church member, intercede for your church. Lift up to the Lord before His throne that we would be the light and the lighthouse and the salt that God left us here to be, to be change agents that we would see people saved and make disciples who make disciples who make disciples who make disciples. Truth of the matter is, we can complain about the climate in our nation all we want to. And there's a lot to be upset about. But you know what I thought about this morning? The last 30 years, if the church of Jesus in this country had been doing our job at planting churches and winning souls and going into every portion and state and village and town and city in this country, and planting churches, and seeing people saved, seeing people take the gospel message and seeing people delivered from sin and wrong thinking and wrong believing and a worldview that is self-destructive. Friend, do you not think if we would have been more effective in the last generation at fulfilling the mission of Jesus, do you not believe that we may be seeing different, even cultural implications in our nation? I believe we would. I really do. I really do. And so I want to invite you right where you are. I want to invite you to uh, bow your head and let's, let's just spend some moments in prayer together as we close our service tonight. Lord Jesus, I ask you to help us to have the right perspective be encouraged in the Lord. Lord, in these days, our families need You. As we talked about Sunday morning, help us as men and women, as families, as couples, to strengthen our relationship and to pursue You and to pursue one another. And Lord, we need You. We love You tonight. Give us victory. Give us grace, encouragement. May tomorrow we take seriously our gospel mandate to go and make disciples in this world and to be salt and light and help us to prepare for that battle. In the name of Jesus we pray. And all God's people said,